Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Friday, August 12th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. Police say author Salman Rushdie was stabbed in the neck today and is currently hospitalized. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says Rushdie is alive, but she gave no further details. Rushdie was attacked this morning at the Chautauqua Institution in western New York after a man rushed on stage as the author was being introduced. A suspect is in custody. Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses, made him a target of an official Iranian death threat, or fatwa, in 1989, over what Iran's leader considered blasphemy. The fatwa has never been withdrawn. If you want to know what truly high-stakes political chess looks like, look to Mar-a-Lago. It started with Monday's FBI search of Donald Trump's home. Because the search warrant was sealed, the Justice Department couldn't say what they were looking for, which led Trump and his allies to denounce the move as unfair and partisan. Trump could have released the warrant himself, but he didn't. Then yesterday, Attorney General Merrick Garland asked the court to unseal the warrant. Checkmate. Trump said in a late-night social media post that he is, quote, encouraging the immediate release. We could learn the details as early as today. The Washington Post has a huge scoop. The paper reports Monday's search of Donald Trump's home was in part to look for and retrieve classified documents related to nuclear weapons. The report, based on anonymous sources, says it's unclear whether the nuclear weapons in question belong to the U.S. or another country. Still, if confirmed, it would explain why the FBI felt it needed to recover the items ASAP. Nuclear secrets are some of the most closely guarded in the world. The man who attempted to break into an FBI office in Cincinnati Thursday morning and then engaged in an hours-long standoff with police was killed by police after he reportedly raised his weapon. Law enforcement sources have identified the suspect as 42-year-old Ricky Schiffer, who was apparently at the Capitol during the January 6th insurrection. A Truth Social account under his name appeared to be posting about the standoff as it was happening. It also had earlier posts urging people to, quote, kill the FBI on site after the Mar-a-Lago search. Your Gmail inbox might be getting a little bit more crowded. The Federal Election Commission has given the green light to a new Google program that'll send political campaign emails straight to your inbox, bypassing spam filters. That's after a study from North Carolina State found Gmail was more likely to send GOP fundraising messages to spam compared to emails from Democrats. Google disputed that finding, denying political bias in its algorithm, but with this new FCC approval, GOP candidates can now apply to this program and make sure their emails end up in your inbox. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? It's true. Look in the description section on your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. And Rebecca has a preview of a story people are already sharing. Yes. Coming up, we talk about what's driving one red hot trend, boudoir photography. 
McDonald's is back in parts of Ukraine. It paused operations soon after the Russia invasion began back in February. And while the war isn't over, obviously, the chain says life is stable enough in Kyiv and other western parts of the country to reopen some of its more than 100 stores. It's also kind of a snub to Russia. McDonald's left Russia entirely as a result of the war. And the award-winning actor Anne Heche is not expected to survive after her car crash last Friday. Her family and friends tell Deadline that Heche has been pronounced brain dead and will be taken off life support. Heche was caught on several cameras speeding through a Los Angeles neighborhood in her blue Mini Cooper, first crashing into a garage at an apartment complex and speeding away from the scene before then crashing full-on into a house. The accident set the house and her car on fire. No one besides Heche was injured in either crash. Police say Heish, who was very public about her history of addiction and mental illness, had narcotics in her system at the time. Facebook is testing automatic end-to-end encryption on its Messenger app in hopes of rolling it out next year. Right now, you can have your individual chats encrypted, but you'd have to adjust the settings, which is a step that, let's be honest, many of us wouldn't know to take. But Facebook is under fire to make it the default after it handed over the chat history between a Nebraska teen and her mom to the cops. And now they're both facing charges for allegedly going through with an illegal abortion. Legendary basketball player and coach Bill Russell's number six is being retired, a first for the NBA. It's a fitting honor. Russell was one of the best to ever play the game, winning 11 NBA championships for the Boston Celtics, including two as a coach. He was the first black coach in any major U.S. pro sports league to win a championship, and he was also a champion of civil rights, marching with Martin Luther King Jr. and using his platform to challenge the status quo. Russell died almost two weeks ago at the age of 88. A cave explorer 500 feet underground in Missouri last Saturday came across something surprising. A dog. Abby, a 14-year-old poodle mix, had gone missing in early June and her family had given up hope. But Jerry Keene and fellow caver Rick Haley managed to get the pup out. Once above ground, Abby's grateful family fed her broth and ice cream for the men who saved her life. And they say Abby is on the mend and they couldn't be happier. Let's talk about a business that's seeing a big post-pandemic boom, boudoir photography. Liz Posner, who writes about feminism and social justice, is here to tell us about this growing trend. Hey, Liz. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So what is boudoir photography? So boudoir photography has been around for a long time. It's essentially a private shoot between the subject and the photographer. Boudoir photography can range um, depending on, on the subject, but typically it'll look like the subject either in lingerie or nude or semi-nude in a maybe fun, sexy pose, just having fun with the camera and, you know, expressing joy and happiness with their body. And you write that it's not just, you know, young, thin women booking these shoots. It, It really ranges through a lot of people. For sure. Some of the most interesting groups that the photographers I interviewed for the piece told me they're working with were women in their 40s and 50s and even older who are now seizing this moment and taking the opportunity to do something fun and sexy and feel good. But also they're increasingly seeing men 
which is a new trend. Yeah, I found that super interesting that men were also now coming into this trend. It is. Actually, one of the male subjects that one of the photographers told me about, actually, he just came out of the military and was feeling really empowered about his body and feeling good about how he looked. And he was on Tinder looking for dates (laughs) and came across a woman's boudoir photography that she had posted. So he reached out, got a referral to the photographer I interviewed and did a shoot and now is actually using those photos on his own Tinder. Wow. So you also write that it isn't just the end product, you know, the pictures themselves that are empowering, but also the process of taking those pictures. So for a lot of women, just booking a boudoir shoot is an act of self-care. They step away from their apartments, they book maybe a few hours of getting their hair and makeup done. And then the actual photo shoot is a relaxing process. The photographer will often put on some empowering or relaxing or fun music and sort of guide the client through certain poses. There's also something that resonates with me and I assume resonates with a lot of women that you're booking a photography session and you're saying, this is the body that I have now and this is what I'm celebrating and embracing. Because I think we've been conditioned to be like, well, lose 10 pounds and then you know reward yourself with a session. And it seems like people are saying, no, we're doing it now. Absolutely. That's been a big trend the photographers I've spoken with have seen since the beginning of the pandemic. They're seeing not just clients coming to take a, a photo shoot after a landmark weight loss goal, but more and more we're seeing women wanting to have these semi-nude or nude photo shoots done just because, because they're proud of the way they look. They want to be okay with the fact that maybe they put on a little bit of weight during the pandemic or had a, you know, a surgery that has changed the way their body looks. They um, want to do it as a way of showing to the world that they are proud of the body they have and they don't feel pressure to change. And not only are we accepting, but we're, we love bodies that are, are different. All bodies are beautiful. You write that boudoir photography can also be political, though, too. How so? Well, the spike in boudoir photography is coming from a range of factors. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of women now who are sort of shedding off their sweatpants after a year or two in lockdown, wanting to feel good about their bodies, maybe even being influenced by this a fantastic new wave of body positivity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're seeing, you know, our Queen Lizzo at the at the top of that movement, driving us all to feel good about the way we look. Other driving factors have been the Me Too movement, the Women's March, and even as our government is seeking to take women's autonomy over our own bodies away from us. Mm. Posing for a boudoir photo shoot can be a real act of empowerment. Liz Thank you so much for chatting. Great talking to you. Liz Posner is a writer and editor who covers justice issues. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Dave Smith. And Rebecca Ibarra. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye.